Good morning and welcome to Emmett Audio, episode 210. <clears throat> I'm walking in the usual dog spot. Ooh, and there's a deer down in the meadow. Cool. Thankfully, it's far enough away. And there's a fringe of trees so they don't see it or smell it. Um, now it's gone. So, I've been thinking about this thing recently, which is this idea that you need both experimental forms and, for la what for lack of a better word, I'll call normal forms, when you are a, a, a maker, a craftsperson of things, right? If all you do is experimental forms, you're going to miss out on the opportunity to capture the people who find you uh, and love the experimental forms, but really what they want is a normal form. And simultaneously, or on the, on, on the same, in the same way, if all you do is normal forms, you're going to miss out on the excitement and the sort of wanting to try things out of people who see an experimental form and fall in love with it. Uh, I also think that the experimental forms are what sort of pushes the normal forms forward in a slow evolution. Um, so I think it boils down to this idea that there are there are different types of people. There are there are people who love that kind of experimental thing, and that's what they're in it for. Is they they like the they like sort of the newness of things and they like the novelty and they like the playfulness and then there are other people who can appreciate that but it's not their thing and as a craftsperson I try to cast as wide a net as possible while at the same time um, making sure that my own sense of playfulness and uh, and tradition is are both fostered and I think it's easy to sort of get pigeonholed as one or the other to either feel like um, you end up having orders for the same old same old or that you don't know or are not attracted to or are uh, the same old same old or normal forms because you are known for your playful experimental forms. <clears throat> and along with getting pigeonholed, there's just a tremendous uh, amount of economic upside left on the table if you choose one or the other. I think it's important to choose both. I certainly know that the way that I've used experimental forms in the past, come on dogs, is to have weekend specials where I... Um, it's the, it's the one time of the week when I carve things on spec. And so I use that opportunity to like really push into weird designs that I've had in my mind. And then they sell or they don't sell. They usually sell because it's such a small percentage that even though the, the, the number of people who are interested in weird experimental forms, I think is smaller and the people who uh, are interested in um, the people who are interested in normal forms is greater. So it works out well that I get to experiment in this 
pretty small percentage of the amount of time I spend carving. But it really then goes on to inform the rest of my designs. I learn things about little details that otherwise wouldn't show up if I wasn't pushing myself into unknown territory. Um, or they wouldn't, you know, some details would show up, but not all the things. And so the experimental stuff really informs the rest of my carving. Um, at the same time, sometimes you really strike a nerve and an experimental form goes on to become something that people really love. I mean, for me, mm, the examples of this would be the, the cooking spatula that I do and the pocket spoon and the bubble scoop and what else? I'm sure there are more where for whatever reason it, it has a it touches a nerve that it has the right geometry it serves the right functionality in people's lives it feels both endearing but also normal enough and and also like something that they just unlike anything else that's out there or or enough of an exciting thing compared to what they see that they that they want to buy it from me um and sometimes those go on to become sort of part of the roster and other times i try experimental things and i think they're amazing but for whatever reason um they don't touch a nerve in the same way um, and sometimes it just takes time for stuff to build up right so you sort of get an experimental form come on dogs let's go Come on. There's a dead chipmunk on the ground. I want him to go past it. Dogs, come on. Let's go. Maisie, come on. Good dogs. Come on. Let's go. Um, you know, sometimes I, you know, whenever I do an experimental form, it's never like, Maisie, leave it. No. No. Leave the chipmunk. Come on. Good girl. I always think an experimental form is hot shit. I think it's like so cool and I'm really excited about it. And then mm, at least half of the time, you know, people are excited enough about it to buy it, but nobody's ordering more. But the other half of the time people are. And so it expands my roster of forms that I can offer to people that I sort of have done enough times that they I have them figured out and can be efficient with them. And that's how I've expanded. I mean, at, at current count, I just realized I have, I've got 30 different forms that I can carve accurately and offer to people. If you had asked me a year and a half ago, I probably would have had maybe 12, and I would have thought that that was a lot. And now I have 30. And, and that's how you get there, is by having the experimental forms hand-in-hand hand with whatever you consider normal now because both of those things will change.